Welcome to freescripturebooks.org, the knowledge of God. My name is Jeff, and we're studying judgments. Many different types of judgments in Scripture. Uh, this last episode was talking about when Jesus comes to judge the nations. We just read the Scripture about uh, 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 Jesus getting on to people and saying, or, or, or either blessing people saying, okay, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. And they asked, when did we do those things? And he said, when you done to my, my brothers, you did it for me. And then he said the same thing to another group of people that were on his left. And then they said, you know, and he said, when did you do that? He said, when you didn't do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me either. A lot of people want to make these scriptures, you know, based on socialism that we should be giving everybody free, and and do and such and such. And I said we can't. I can't really talk about that. That's such a huge subject, and uh, we'll be teaching on that on one uh, one kingdom TV. I'll have some website. That's another one of my websites. I'll be teaching on on uh, one kingdom, one nation, and laws of God and so forth on that on a, on a uh, soon 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 date anyway. But I want to talk about this as being sheep nations and goat nations. That's what he's talking about. And right now you hear a lot of stuff on Facebook. How people are, you know, really hating on sheep. They're saying, no, sheep are blind. They follow, you know, uh, quoting what Jesus says, you know, sheep are led to the slaughter. So anybody who obeys anything, whoever they're obeying, they're like a sheep led to the slaughter. They just hate sheep. And Christians are sheep. We're supposed to be sheep, not goats. Sheep follow the voice, follow the voice of God. Goats do their own thing. You know, if they want, they want something, they just go. They don't follow the shepherd's sheep, follow all that. But people hate sheep because they automatically think everybody's sheep. But, but they don't realize that there's a whole lot of people in this world that are actually more like cows. You know, because cows, you herd cows. You don't herd sheep. Sheep follow a voice, follow a good shepherd. But if you want to get a cow to a certain place, what you have to do is you use fear to herd them, you know, and, and get them to and go into a corral and, go, and get them so you can, you know, you can brand them or, or lead them to the slaughter. You're not actually lead them to the slaughter. You're forcing them to slaughter. So a lot of things that's happening in a society is not sheep being led to the slaughter because people are not trusting any voices out there. It's actually cows being... being uh, put fear upon so that they're being forced in the direction that these people want them to be. But this isn't the only time that people have thought sheep is being despicable. If you remember Joseph, during Joseph's time, Joseph was running, uh, became second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. And uh, and, and when his brothers uh, came, his whole family came, he told his brothers, do not tell, do not tell Pharaoh that you are sheep herders. They hate sheep herders here. Tell them that you do cattle, you're a ranch you know, he ranch. But anyway, the brothers didn't listen to him. They told him it was a sheep herder and, and you know, and everything was okay, I guess. But, but anyway, people didn't like sheep back then and people don't like sheep now. But a lot of people are, are really thinking who a lot of people are sheep when they're really cows because you're running for your, you're running fear. When sheep, you know, they can be, you know, they follow the voice of the good shepherd and I follow the voice of the good shepherd and sometimes he may lead us to the slaughter but we're going to follow him but we're not going to follow the government we're not going to follow man-made rules or anything else to the slaughter you know we're going to follow to the Lord and as long as the government does does not demand or decree or anybody else demand or decree something that makes us that we can't follow the Lord we can't worship him then you know well then there's, then there's going to be trouble but there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of people that are not following the Lord they're not sheep and they're being herded into a place they don't want to go. I, I'm warning people, but they're being herded because because they think I'm they think I'm the one being led to the slaughter. When actually, oh, actuality, they're ones being led to the butcher shop. 
And so, and even goats, you know, uh, goats, if you're seeing, seeing any of those uh, videos on YouTube or any place else where you just go up and say boo to a certain goat and they just fall over, you know, paralyzed. Well, you don't do that to sheep. You do that to goats. But anyway, Jesus is separating the sheep and the goats. The sheep follow uh, Jesus' voice. The goats could care less. They go do what they want to do. So he's talking about brothers of mine and the least of these you do to me. So I think the brothers of mine, he's probably talking about the Jewish people, though, but he's also maybe talking about uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, and, 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 and uh, talking about all, all them different tribes and, and, and all the nations that came from Adam and all the nations that came from uh, Moses and all the nations that came from Abraham. And so, so maybe talking brothers of mine mean universal brother, not a brother in Christ or even a brother of a certain race, you know, like a, a Jewish brother or, or a black brother or a white brother, but meaning brothers as all you know, universal, um, because Jesus does make a difference when he was talking about, uh, there are just because it doesn't mean you're a brother in Christ. If you are a brother in Christ. You mean you receive Christ. They're talking about, there's a father, you know, you're the sons of, you know, you're the sons of disobedience or you're the sons of the devil. And I'm the son of the father. So we're not all brothers and, you know, brothers on the spiritual level, but we all are brothers on the natural level. Meaning we all came from one seed and that seed was, was the Adam was the first Adam. So the least of these you do, you do it to me. So we need to be kind not only to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our Jewish, our Jewish friends for the Jews uh, for salvation of the Jews, but we need to be kind in giving to everybody. And as a nation, we're going to be judged like that. I don't believe we're going to be judged as having laws. You know that we got to have all these socialist programs that the, that our nation needs to be helping the poor. Our nation needs to do this. No, the nation, the people of the nation need to be doing, especially in America, when we are we are the people. We shouldn't tell the government to be feeding the hungry. We need to do it out of our own resources as 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 a people of God. But like I said, I'm not going that direction. We want to stay stick on on what, what Jesus is going to judge the nations for. Uh, do your nations do your, your nations of, of laws of justice help the poor or cater to the rich? Because the government does have a does have a part to play. Like I said, I don't I don't believe they have the part to raise taxes and and then use that money to give who they want to to take from the rich and give to the poor or or take from the poor and give to the ultra rich. No, I, I, I didn't, that's not the place for government. Government is a place for justice. The government is supposed to place that we that uh, that they have justice and be able to keep our rights without uh, stomping on somebody else's rights. But, the, but do your nations have laws that just to help the poor or do they have laws that cater to the rich? We do need to strike down laws that cater to the rich and we do need to strike down laws, you know, that don't help the poor or even laws that that give preference over to the poor. Scripture says that Jesus did not prefer the poor nor did he prefer the rich. Why? Because it's not about being poor or being the rich. It's about, you know, receiving him. So we can we can err on either side. We can err and side with the poor and say eat the rich, or we can side on the rich and say, well, the poor just needs to get up and do something. Both of those attitudes are wrong, and they're not going to be accepted in the kingdom of God. So, do your nations have laws, you know, that that help who's ever willing to do the work? Can a, you know can a small business succeed? Um, do we do we break up monopolies or do we allow these big businesses? We used to break up monopolies all the time, but now we got huge ones. You know, we got. Google huge, Facebook huge, YouTube, which is part of Google now, which is which is huge. You know, back in the day in the Levitical law, it says when you go reap a, a a harvest in your in your garden, you're supposed to leave the four corners open so the poor can come and get some food too. 
means and if you drop while you're harvesting your wheat if you drop some you're not supposed to pick it up but leave it there so some of the poor can pick up and so they can eat it too that's what means means breaking up monopolies but now we got people that can't even get into certain industries because there's huge people that will not allow them that's been going on for quite a while that wasn't just the newest ones microsoft's been doing that you know you know for decades buying you know stopping small businesses from uh, going anywhere because there's just no room for them and that's why we need to have governments that that show that everybody has an opportunity to be successful but nowadays for a company to be successful it's all about money do you have enough money back in you it has nothing to do with ideas there's been a lot of ideas that have been shelved or, or put in the closet simply because those people didn't have enough money to compete against these other companies that were doing a you know half half job but since they had the money to endure and outlast a small guy there's no justice there that's why we break up monopolies because there's got to be justice if somebody has a better idea and is able to work it and bring it for the forefront they should be able to and not be stopped by somebody who has a lot of money because they want to stop them they don't want to be second to this guy who just came up out of nowhere but we need to break up monopolies so does your government break up monopolies do we train employees or entrepreneurs you know, this country used to train entrepreneurs, but now we just train employees. And once an employee, if you've only been trained, and we're doing it even education, even for education is taught that you just need to have answers, you know, to these questions. We can't even think out of the box anymore. You have to think this way. So even, you know, people in education are be trained to be employees and not entrepreneurs. They're trained to, to follow and not anybody's being trained to lead. And so when that happens, there's a whole lot of, it's easy to control the masses than if you have a lot of free thinkers who, who take the responsibility because responsibility and freedom come, come together. So I'm not talking about free thinkers who just go off and create all kinds of chaos, but I'm talking about those who are willing to take the responsibilities for what they do and what they say. So, but many people are just trained to be an employee. So when they lose their job, they don't know what to do because they only do that. But if an entrepreneur, they know even if they lose a job, they know how to go from beginning to end. They know how to start over. They know how to go out. And even under Levitical law, in the book of Leviticus, you know, you brought you brought your brother in who was poor and was having troubles. You brought him in for seven years, but on the, on the seventh year, you trained him and trained him as a brother. You trained him and raised him up and whatever he was missing, you provided. So you trained him. But in the seventh year, they was able to go if they wanted. They could stay there with you and, and work uh, for you. But if they wanted to go and start their own, uh, they could start their own. And that's how businesses really ought to be. We need to be bringing employees and training them not to keep them and not to keep them in, in, in place, but to train them so they can also provide and for their own families and, and be more productive in, in our communities and increase our communities more than just simply being, you know, where they are. And you have a choice on that. But nowadays it's, it's becoming less and less because many people are having less and less entrepreneurs, less and less because the, the opportunity is just not there. And if you step out, you could be easily be crushed by somebody who has more power and more money. And that's just not right. Um, I've heard, you know, sayings talking about if you really want to keep in good employees, if you, keep, if you have an employee for a long time and, you're, and they're not paid well or they're not taken care of, they're not given an education and all kind of stuff, you know, you have less of an employee because the other employees that, that are really doing well, they're going to go find a better employer. They're going to go find a better place where they can increase, where they can continue to continue to grow. So, so people say, why would I want to pay for, you know, pay for somebody's, you know, education or, or teach them anything if they're just going to get up and leave? Well, do you want the people that are not learning anything to stay? Well, that's what's happening. That's why your business is probably not increasing because you're losing all the good people. And I like John Maxwell, you know, who, who says out there that all, all responsibility falls, falls on leadership. 
But I've been in businesses where the leadership came down and told us it was up to us to make sure the business is run. Well, I don't have, I can't make any decisions. I, I'm not up there, you know, reading the books. It's it's the leaders who 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 you know who make the decisions. It's it's it, and so it ought to, So if you don't have good employees, it might be because you're not really um, valuing them with you know and increasing them and and showing them that you just want employees rather than people that are ready to think out of the box and actually have something that you can't think of you know there's people that that can that don't think like you and they have answers to questions that you don't have answers to but let's not st stick there let's go on here uh, can a better product or service survive the onslaught of dirty money? I did kind of talk about that. You know, nowadays it's not the best product that wins. It's whoever has the money and that can sting in the game the longest that wins. And so there's a lot of good products that are just being shelved and, you know, and, and, and not survive the onslaught of dirty money. Is knowledge accessible or only available to the rich? You know, that's becoming more and more. And I'm not talking about free schooling because I think every because anytime somebody gets something free, 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 it's often not value. So there needs to be some kind of value to it, some kind of price that the person's receiving it has to pay that they're going to value it, you know, and 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 use it for good. So I'm not saying you know education ought to be free. There's a whole lot of people that want to make college free. Well, high school is free, and and we have already have 12 years of school free, and that doesn't seem to be doing all that well. And I don't think adding four more years of, of, of college is going to uh, free uh, is going to make it because a lot of people don't just don't value it. But we need to make knowledge accessible. I'm self-educated. I went you know went through high school, but I've I've always learned. I've always bought books. I've always got you know went to the library and bought things and even college. Uh, college bookstores to buy book, uh, books because I always wanted to be knowledgeable and learn about things and we always need to be that so knowledge needs to be accessible and you know and available uh, not just to the rich but also to everybody and that's great because if you get on the internet right now man you can you can pretty much learn about any subject that you want because there's so many free courses and you know in schools and colleges so I like where that's going but I don't think colleges themselves ought to be but that's you know that's a personal opinion because what you don't value you just yeah, you just don't use properly. And I, you know, so let's go on here. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that Jesus says when I was hungry, um, you fed me, or a group of people said when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Now, of course, we, we automatically think that's in the natural, automatically think giving somebody some food is actually fulfilling the scripture, or giving somebody a glass of water is fulfilling that scripture. And I think it is, but I think. What Jesus is saying there is a whole attitude. It's not just something natural, but it's natural and spiritual. There's so much there, because even even things. What are you What are you hungry for? I'm good. I'm, right now, a lot of people are hungry for for a good football game because football or um, football, baseball, basketball. We're not in football season, but it. But anyway, there's a whole all all games, all sports has been put on hold because of this pandemic. So there's people that are hungry. Some people are hungry for a good movie or are hungry for different things. So so it doesn't only necessarily mean food. So let's talk about hunger. Do we help those? Uh, do we help with the staples? You know, or or neglect with the people. And so the staples are just simply, you know, I am talking about natural food there. Do we do we care when somebody's hungry? When I used to go out and minister on the street, uh, doing a work of evangelism, we take out sack lunches because I cared more than just their spiritual being, uh, eternal being, but I also cared about if they were hungry. Now, I did care more about their spiritual being because just to feed and clothe somebody and they still go to hell, you know, <laughs> What's what's you know that kind of does that in vain. But nevertheless, I do care for people that are clothed, and I do care they're hungry. So we go out take sack lunches, and if they were hungry, they could eat that, and we pray for them or tell you know speak or encourage them. 
or do we or or do we help uh, and people or do we starve people's ideas if somebody has an idea they're hungry they're thinking about an idea for a product thinking an idea for a job do we do we squelch it do we stop them right there and say you know you can't do that you you don't have money to do that you don't have the education to do that or do we actually listen to their idea and actually encourage them to do what they need to do if they need to go to school they need to go to school if they need to you know to find some angel investors they need to find some angel angel investors or do we just kill that hunger in them we shouldn't kill that hunger. We need people to have desires. We need people to have that hunger. I know, oh, and and those ideas. Um, uh, do we do we kill the buffaloes? And that's a reference to um, killing the buffaloes. Uh, the the very source of uh, the Native Americans here in America. Not only do they use the buffaloes for food, they use the buffaloes for housing. You know, for the and for clothing, and they used and all, all of that. And so. What, so what our government decided to do, if we're going to conquer the Indians, and we need to kill that food source. And so they killed the buffaloes. And we can kill the buffaloes for anybody. We can kill people's dreams. We can p- kill people's visions by simply being so negative. We do need to be, you know, upfront and honest but, and, then, and tell them this is what you need to do. But we need to be encouraging. But I think Jesus is always talking about that when I was, you know, when I had an idea, you encouraged me. You, you know, you helped me. You helped me get down in that direction. Or do we give food for thought? Do we give food for thought? Do we give wisdom? Do we help somebody or do we just cancel it out? How about being thirsty? Do we encourage or discourage? Do we stir up one another in our giftings? The Bible says stir up your gifts in the most Holy Holy Spirit. But we also have natural gifts no matter what it is. Do, you know, uh, do we stir up people's thirst to be something or do we quit it? I have a, some people may have a thirst to be in, you know, to go be a, uh, to write a book, do we stir up that thirst in them? Do we cause them to be thirsty? Do we add salt so they become thirsty so they want that so much that they actually go do that? Or do we quench that thirst? How about a stranger? When you when I was a stranger, you, you let me in. Do we take advantage of the do we take advantage of the cultural differences? There's a lot of cultural differences between not only between colors of skin, but more so between, you know, nationalities. So do we take advantage of that and leave somebody out? Or do we, or do we stay indifferent, not caring about about their culture? Not all cultures are created equal. Not all cultures are based on the Word of God. Some cultures have some horrible things in it, and all cultures have some horrible things in it. But we can't just be indifferent to different cultures. We need to, we need to be outgoing and help every culture. Jesus died for every skin color. Jesus died for every culture. It says every that every nation, every tongue, every tribe will will uh, will come to him. There's people being saved, so we need to be open to the stranger. We need to be open to people and 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 receive them in. There certainly there are some things in their culture, just like our culture, that does not being received. But we need to be open. We need to engage in conversations. We need to be polite. We need to be helpful. Do we help with integration? You know, integration and on immigration. You know, God did create borders, I mean, boundaries. You see it throughout through Scripture, you know, and judgments when people didn't keep the borders and didn't keep the boundaries. You know, there is a right way to come in. Even Jesus was the door. There's a right way to come into the kingdom of God. There's a right way to come into every everything. We're not all immigrants. I'm not an immigrant. My dad was an immigrant. My grandpa was an immigrant. Immigrants go all the way back, so you need to stop that nonsense. But we do need to help the stranger who who comes in here legally and help them integrate into what made America great and what made uh, us to be successful. And we are successful because of Judeo-Christian principles. We're successful because God has blessed us. He hasn't blessed us in everything. There's certainly been judgments throughout 
throughout this country because what we've done wrong we've done some seriously wrong things but we also have, have sought after God we've also been open to preach the gospel and because of that God has greatly blessed us so, so we need to help other other people that come from other nations to integrate into this great nation of us instead of being indifferent or rejecting them how about being naked? He said, you clothed me when I was naked. Do we cover up or do we expose a person? This is not just putting clothes on people. This is just not about clothing closets. This is not about just giving clothes, giving your old clothes, going through your closet and finding what you don't want to wear anymore and have stains or holes and giving to somebody. No, this is about more than just being naked. This is about the spirit of clothing somebody. Do we cover or expose a person? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love covers. Do we cover when somebody makes a mistake? Do we cover when somebody makes a blunder? Certainly there are legalities and things we shouldn't cover, and the church has covered some things we shouldn't have covered. The Catholic church has covered some things it shouldn't cover. Neither, you know, Protestant church has covered things it shouldn't cover. But we need to cover those things that, that are not illegal. We need to cover those people who, who stepped out and fell flat on their face rather than making fun of them, rather than telling everybody down the street just how much a fool they made. We need to cover them. We need to help them up and so they can go out we need to clothe them with our love we need to clothe them with our kindness we all fall short we all make mistakes we all say things that are embarrassing so when you say something embarrassing do you really want somebody to go out and show that on Facebook or YouTube or nowadays if you do something um, do something uh, foolish or, 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 or embarrassing in the street there's always somebody there to catch up with a picture and they'll, and they published it on the internet that's just that is just so wrong. You just don't have the right to do that. Just that you, you, I better, you know, man. We're supposed to cover people, not, not, you know. Okay, that that just really makes me makes me mad when people take advantage of people like that. We need to cover people. We all feel stupid. We all fail, and we don't. We need to be covered when we do that, rather than, you know, stripped bare and and shown in public as being naked. So how do we, as a nation, treat the sick and the lame? Um, do we use, see them as useless or purposefully? And a lot of people want, you know, say, I don't want to bring a child in this world because the board, because they're because they're of a poor family, their whole family, none of them has done any good, none of them is given back to society, so we just need to have an abortion. And there's a whole lot of people being aborted. They consider people of certain races to go ahead and be useless, and that is just wrong. Everybody. Everybody has purpose. Everybody is useful or a purposeful or even now we want to kill the elderly. Even that's going to come out. You get to a certain age, you're no longer, you know, valuable people in rest homes. Many of them don't don't ever get to see anybody again. I know I have a, a friend that went to a rest home and when she went in, she asked, does anybody ever get out of here alive? You know. <laughs> You know, and, and most people, and I go to a rest home nearly every week, except during this pandemic, I can't. Um, but but so many people don't ever get any visits. Many people don't see them that, that maybe they were once very, very useful, very purposeful, but, but now they're not given to society anymore. Now they're a burden to society. So what do people are doing that? When people were not employed, do you see them still as being purposefully or do they have to contribute to something to you to be purposely? Scripture says we're supposed to give or throw a party. We're supposed to give to those who can't give back to us. They do have purpose. Now, the purpose... Uh, and the least in, in the least of being in the image of likeness of God the purpose of having a heart the purpose of having thoughts the purpose of having the right to be alive the purpose of getting to know God the purpose of being in Christ Jesus everybody has is useful and everybody has purposeful we need to quit judging somebody as more valuable more purposeful because of the job they do or they don't do there is a certain 
natural thing we need to do that but spiritually we need to see everybody as purposeful we shouldn't ever look down on somebody because they're not as good as us that's just not a true statement it's a wrong statement because everybody if, if, any, if anything is good about you if anything is good about me is because the grace of God is given me because I've got into the grace of God and not, it's not of myself so you see people as worthless or valuable you know when you when you see when somebody's sick or lame and also going to be done with the stranger how do you how do we as a nation treat those incarceration you know a lot of people want to throw away the key want to throw them out and certainly i do believe in the in, in the death penalty i do believe people that are that are just so violent they have no repentance i do believe the best place for that is is a death penalty the death penalty also shows that there is a final justice there is a final judgment of god we're also show mercy but you also before mercy you also got to show judgment so i do believe in the death penalty on that level for people that are that are violent rather be murder you know or violence like like rape and stuff like that that there that that there needs to be a justice especially for those who have no repentance contempt or part of a, uh, uh, how do we treat a nation for those who do we have contempt for them do we have contempt for those who who are felons do we have contempt for those who have been in jail or do we just see them as part of the fallen race do we do we have mercy because you know if not by the grace of god there go i i could be them you know i've gone you know i've gone into you know um to uh, um, smaller prisons and i've gone into jails to minister and you know, I, it could just be easily be reversed. Is easily I could be there if not for the grace of God, and rather than them. So do I see these people made mistakes because of the fallen world? Maybe they didn't know better. Maybe they didn't have the, you know, maybe they just flipped out. We don't know why because we live in a fallen world. But do am I going to see them with contempt, or are I going to see them as just, you know, as casualties of a fallen world because of what the devil has done? Are we are we going to be condemning them, or are we going to give them hope? Certainly, there are some people we can't let out because there needs to be some kind of justice. But are we still? Can we still give them hope? Can you know? Can we still go into jails and and give them hope that God still loves them, that God is not going to judge them, that this that this judgment that they're receiving now is 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 judgment of man, and that may be needful for right now. But God is not judging them, and when they get to heaven, they're going to be free, and they can be free now. Are we going to give them hope that people still care, that they still have a purpose, they still have meaning? Are we going to be forgiving or are we going to be out of sight, out of mind? You know, that's what it is. You know, put them in prison, right, you know, and forget them. But we need to be forgiving rather than just forgetting. Forgetting them, but always remembering what they did to us. No, we need to be forgiving and never forget them and, and, and be there and, and administer to them. And, you know, especially if they have turned to Christ and, and to give them hope. But even, even if they haven't turned to Christ, we need to give them hope and not be condemning, but we need to be forgiving. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, And it will come in the last days, and the mountains of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and be raised above the hills, and all the people will, will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of God of Jacob. So, so there's many nations. Many nations says streams. It means a lot, of, a lot of water, a lot of people. There'll be streams of people coming, multitudes of people coming from other nations to go up to the house of the Lord, which is going to be, you know, in Jerusalem. There's also going to be house of the Lord everywhere else, but Jesus is going to be in, the, in Jerusalem. They're all going to come to him from many nations, many different nations, tribes, creeds, you know, not creeds, but uh, uh, tribes and tongues. Um, you got to be, you got to, uh, um, Jesus Christ is the only way there's, you know, there's at these other religions, all their saviors and gods are not saviors and God and they're dead. But Jesus is the one who paid the penalty. One man 
Adam brought sin in this world and God thought it worthwhile to send one man to pay for that sin, which is Jesus Christ. And that's why God is, is just because one man brought it in, one man took it out, and through one man we're brought into sin, and one man uh, through faith we are brought into righteousness. You know, if you're thinking, then, then why do I have to pay for a sin that I had no choice? Well, God saw it, saw it the same way as you saw it, so that God thought it was worthwhile to, to send one man, Jesus, to pay for one man's sin. And those who trust in Jesus, we will not have our sins held against us. And there's no other God, no other religion, no other faith, no other creed that can replace Jesus Christ. Because he knew no sin, but he became sin, became our sin, your sin, my sin. Died upon that cross when he didn't deserve it. Was raised from the dead, and anybody who believes it, but, uh, calls upon his name will be saved. Call upon the name of Jesus. Revelation 22, verses 1 through 2. It says, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and the Lamb in the middle of the street. On either side of the river was a tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So there's just... So, so throughout this, I wanted to show you that when Jesus comes to judge the nations, he is judging nations. People say, well, is he just judging people? Well, I believe he is judging people. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, it's, it's a majority of people or certain people, only Christian people. I don't know how a nation's going to make it in, but I know it has a lot to do with the laws of, of, of giving freedom uh, for the poor to make it and, and, and protecting the poor and, and, and to break up monopolies, but allowing people to use their giftings freely and allow the gospel to be spread, allow the gospel freely. And, 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 and to think well of the Jews, because uh, salvation of the Jews, certainly they do things and we don't follow blindly. We don't always agree with what Israel is doing. Uh, um, nowadays, and we can, we can say that, but we need to know, we need to honor them because salvation of the Jews. So God, so there's many nations going to be saved. Many nations are going to be on the right hand of, of Jesus. Many nations uh, uh, and, and groups of people and tongues are going to stream into Jerusalem to worship the one true God, Jesus Christ, during the millennium. So we want to, as a nation of the United States of America, or your nation, whatever it is, to be on the right side. So this is freescripturebooks.org. The knowledge of God, be blessed.